Welcome to the Empathic Mastery Show. I'm your host, Jennifer Moore, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a place where we talk about what it means to be highly sensitive and empathic, how this impacts all aspects of our lives, and we explore tools, resources, and solutions so we can shift from absorbing all the thoughts, feelings, and energy of the world around us to being beacons for calm, love, and healing. So, what do you do when you're an empath and the world is falling apart? That's the conversation that I have been having with Lorelai, who is a highly sensitive, empathic teenager. And she agreed to come on our show today so that we could have a conversation about how do we navigate things when the world is completely nuts. So welcome to the Empathic Mastery Show. And Lorelai, I am so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. So you sort of started with the question of what do you do when the world is falling apart and you're really, really sensitive? So I guess the first question I have for you is... How is this affecting you? Like, what are you noticing about the world? Um, periodically, I just, all my energy is gone for no good reason. Like, it just is gone. And I find it hard to be happy periodically, too, because it's just, it has, there's no reason. It's just gone. Yeah. So, and when you're saying, so like, I'm hearing like, you're, you're sort of, you're natural. And I know you, you're a pretty joyful person a lot of the time. So it's sort of like your natural joy is just kind of sucked right out of you. And you just kind of, it's almost like from what you're describing, it's like the batteries have been just pulled out of your back or something. And you're just, you know, kind of like flat. So both if. Yeah, um, I'm more sensitive to crying more. So it's not exactly flat. It's more like down. Down. Um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and when you were saying that you experience your energy being, you know, like you just have no energy. So like, does that look like you have no, you know, like you're literally like, you're just like, I just cannot move. I just want to lie on the couch all day. I just want to read books all day. Like, what is it like? I can't even deal with picking up my head and going out to the garden or like, what does it look like? Um, so, yeah, it's sort of like that. I don't really have a motivation to do much of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I just, that's basically, yeah. It just yeah. doesn't have any motivation. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that one of the things that happens for us is that there is so much despair going on in the world right now. And there are people who really have had the wind just completely knocked out of their sails. And it's sort of, in my experience, things kind of have a way of coming in waves, sort of like there's kind of ripples of intensity that can kind of come in. And so a lot of times, especially if there's like, your life is fine, like there's nothing going on where you could be looking at it and going, this is about me. I think a lot of times when that's like, when there's nothing personal going on that would be the reason why you're feeling this way, then it starts to be about like, what am I picking up from the world around me? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I personally like to do is I just, the first thing that I generally tend to do is working with the idea of, you know, the principles of empathic mastery is working with the idea of like recognize is the first step. 
So the first, the, so you're doing something really awesome just in the fact that like you are recognizing that something is off, that you are not your normal bubbly self, that you don't have motivation, that you don't have energy. And so from that, the next question that I always ask myself is, is there anything that I know of that's going on in my own life that could be making this happen? Like, did I not get enough sleep? Did I eat something that would set my system off? Did I get into a fight with a family member? Or did I watch some kind of a TV program that's, you know, just made me like all feel squirmy and, you know, like weird inside? Like, is there anything or did I have an unpleasant encounter somewhere? So I always check for those things first. And if the answer is no, Then what I will often do is I'll just ask myself the question and I put my hands over my heart. So actually, why don't you try this too? Like just put your hands right up over your heart and just sort of tune into yourself and just ask yourself, is this mine? And see what answer comes back to you. So what did you get? Um, Yes, right now, because I'm anxious about a bunch of things, but Mm -hmm. normally it's not. Normally, it's not. Okay. So a lot of times for many of us, the answer is both and that it's like, yes, there's my stuff. There's like, yes, like I didn't get enough sleep last night. Or yes, I'm worrying about this project. And I'm concerned about getting this stuff done. Or yes, I had this unpleasant conversation or whatever it is. And also, I'm being I'm more I'm picking up on the stuff that's going on in the world around me as well. And so we both know that, as you were saying, like you're knowing that you're picking things up that is coming from around you. So one of the things that I find to be helpful is to sort of get to like, how are you experiencing things? Because some of us experience the distress emotionally. Some of us experience it more in terms of just like, you know, mentally, like we've got a lot of, you know, weird thoughts or visions or ideas going on. Some of us experience it through energy in the sense of like, we don't have any energy to do anything. And so what I'm hearing you say is that it sounds like you're experiencing the intensity of what's going on in the world around us coming from both your energy that you don't have a lot of energy to do anything, kind of like your energy has been drained and sapped. And then at the same time, also emotionally, where you were saying you're feeling much more blue and feeling much more down. Yeah, it's mostly just emotional. Yeah, mostly just emotional. Let's just see. So you were saying it's mostly emotional, but you did mention first not having energy. So do you find that the emotional stuff tends to start it like you feel the emotions and then you lack the energy? Um. I think so. Um, yeah. 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 So then from that, let's just imagine that it's like if it's it starts as sort of this emotional blueness and then you kind of lose energy, it's more like the root cause is more that you're emotionally sensitive. And the way that I tend to think of it is like as empaths, some of us are like, I think of it in the four elements of like, there are some of us who are air empaths who tend to pick things up in terms of like a lot of mental information and a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideas. And sometimes like a lot of like pictures or words, then there's like the fire empaths who tend to pick things up in terms of behavior and energy and expression. 
I know you happen to have one younger sister who I would say absolutely fits into the category of the fire empath where she expresses her empathic overwhelm or empathic distress by acting out and by doing things very like, you know, she's fiery and really fierce. We won't say who we're talking about, but we both know. (laughs) And then you've got the water empaths, which it sounds like what you are, where you are, you feel things and information comes in more from an emotional place. And then it just kind of, and then it sort of like leaks out into absolutely everything else. And then the earth empaths are the ones who have a tendency to get the experiences on a physical level where it like the, they, they express the distress of the world through their physical health. So like they may be like, they might feel sick to their stomach if something is going on or suddenly like they might be feeling aches and pains in their body if something's going on. And then you've got people who are sort of a mixture of all of the above who sort of like process information or like experience empathic overwhelm in any of those categories. But most of us, I find, tend to have a dominant one. So from what you were saying, I'm kind of imagining like water is sort of, or the water empath, like the feel emotions are the place where it shows up the most for you. Does that sound true? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Because periodically I just get so upset that I can't even eat anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, does, that does make sense. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering, one of the things that I find really helpful is like, the challenge, of course, is that when it's sort of this dance of like, what's mine, what's not mine, is like, often, we're more vulnerable to picking things up when stuff is going on in our life, and we're feeling stressed out about it, than when we are like, just, you know, cruising along, and everything's groovy in our life. And so you were saying that you've got a lot of stuff on your mind right now, and that's probably adding to your level of distress. Yeah, probably. Yeah. There's two things that I'm thinking with, like, as you're aware of, of the fact that like, this is so, so does that resonate as that it's mostly sort of you were saying that it starts as emotional and then you actually will experience things on a physical level. So it starts for you in the water of picking up the emotions, but then it shows up in the fire of it, like it it saps you of any energy to do anything. And it also affects you in the earth of like your body starts to be affected by the intensity of what's going on around you. Yeah. Or beyond you. There's two things that I find can be really helpful. One is to actually like take down our level of distress personally so that we're not so stressed out about our own things. Because when we're already overwhelmed, we're going to be more susceptible to picking up the stuff that's going on outside of us. And then the second part of it, which kind of goes back to the question you asked in the first place of like, how is a highly sensitive empath do you deal when the world is falling apart? Is that what we want to do is like, I don't, this is way before your time, but there used to be these little toys from Fisher Price called Weebles. And they were these like egg shaped figurines that were supposed to be like people. And the, but the commercial was weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. And the thing about right now is that there's just a lot of intensity that's coming at us. 
And the goal is that what we want to be doing is we want, we, you know, we may wobble, like we may get rocked by this because there is so much going on. The thing is learning how to kind of hold our ground and sort of have our roots far enough down into the ground that we might wobble, but we're not going to fall down. And so there's two pieces that we could do if you'd like to do this exercise with me of basically, first off, just imagining that we are sending our roots way, way, way down to the very, very core of the earth. So like a lot of times it can be helpful to just be aware of your body and aware of where you're seated or you're standing and just feeling all of the surfaces that are beneath you just rising up to support you. So just really feeling all of like feeling what is touching your, your body from below, you know, from below. And as you feel and you know that there's stuff that's holding you up, just sending your awareness past what you're usually thinking about and past what you're usually like paying attention to and sending your awareness down through the floor and through the rooms below and all the way down into the foundation of the building or the house that you're in and then sending your awareness even further down through the dirt, through the rocks like and through those places where there's like those subterranean streams and pockets of water, those like lakes of water that are underground and just sending your awareness further and further down, down past all of those lakes, underground lakes and past the rocks, past the dirt until your awareness has gotten all the way down to the very, very heart of the earth. And the thing is that not only can you send, so then as you have your awareness all the way down there, then what you can do is imagine that you are sending roots, like that you're sending like, like threads or ropes of light or roots of light down through your feet down from your butt and your hips, like just sending roots of light down. And kind of like if you've ever planted a tomato sideways and you have like the roots not only coming down from the very bottom, but they are kind of coming down from the side of the stem and just going down, just really imagining like you've got roots coming down from your hips, roots coming down from your thighs where you're seated, Roots going all the way down through your knees and your shins and your calves and down through your ankles, your heels, your toes, your feet. So you've got this really, really strong root system that is going from what would be called the root chakra, which is like right there at your, at the, at your seat, like right at your butt and going all the way down so that you have just this like seed of energy and then a ton of roots that are going down into the earth. And what you can do as you're sending your roots down is that you can use your breath to strengthen it. So when you inhale, 
you can imagine that you're drawing the energy and the support of the earth up to you from your connection and from those roots. So you're breathing them, breathing that energy of the earth up. And when you exhale, breathe the energy of your roots and strengthen them as you send them further down. So like you're using your exhale to connect even more deeply with the earth. And so we're just going to do this like three times now. So we're just going to breathe the support and the energy of the earth up through up from the ground and into our feet, our heels, our, to our, our ankles, all the way up our legs into our belly, just breathing that energy of the earth up. And then as we exhale, we're going to send our energy even further down. So we're just really sending our roots down. So you're really making a solid connection. Sort of like if you were ever, you know, somebody was putting up a fence and they were setting up the fence posts with the really deep, deep posts going down into the earth so that it will stay sturdy or like if you were putting up like a big tent and you were just hammering spikes down into the earth so that you've got something going so far down that even if there's stuff on the outside that starts to like, like wind starts blowing, your roots are so far down that like you'll wobble, but you're not going to fall over and you're certainly not going to fly away. And so again, we're just going to breathe that energy of the earth up. And as we exhale, we're just going to send that energy further down to the earth to just strengthen that connection. And one more time, breathing that support of the earth up. And as we exhale, sending it down into the earth. And just really doing what you need to do to just really let yourself send those roots down. And just feeling how firmly and strongly and deeply connected you are to the earth. Kind of like you are right at your very center. You are this ball of light. And then you're sending a column of energy, a column of light, all the way down to the very heart of the earth. And so as you are feeling that, can you feel like more sturdy, more strongly, here like connected to the planet yeah yeah so as you feel that and you feel like your feet like literally like put your feet and you might tap them on the ground a little bit but just like feel your feet on the ground feel your butt hold like connected to the earth so that you're like unflappable and you might sort of, and, and just like thinking about kind of all of the world stuff that's going on and just kind of imagining that it's sort of a storm that's kind of blowing around you. But instead of necessarily having it blowing through you, what we're going to do is we're really going to focus on the idea of it can blow around you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to continue as we keep our roots our roots are way in the earth now what we're going to do is we're going to use our roots to draw even more support and energy of the earth up through our body and we're going to send it up outside of our body so that we're going to connect with 
just that universal source of light. So just again, we're going to breathe, inhale the energy of the earth up, and we're going to keep going beyond our belly and just breathe it up through our body. So that energy of the earth is rising up through your back, through your torso and your chest and your lungs, rising up through your hands and your arms, up through your neck, up through your head, and just letting the energy of the earth rise all the way up through you like a growing plant that wants to reach for the light. And as you just keep breathing that supportive energy of the earth up through you, and you send it further up, you can send it all the way out, all the way out past the atmosphere of our planet, and way out to the place that is like the source of divine wisdom, that place that's like the source of heaven, the source of light. And you can sort of like, I think intuitively, we all know what we're talking about. Like we can reach up there and we can connect to that place where the light, it's just pure light as you're reaching up. And as you exhale, now, instead of exhaling down into the earth, you can use your exhale to go further up to the light. So breathing the energy of the earth, inhaling the energy of the earth up through you. And as you exhale, sending it up all the way to the very source of divine, divine wisdom, to divine light, sending it all the way up. And when you've reached that source, then what you get to do is you get to ask, you, you, you can ask for support, you can ask for help, you can ask what is it that you need to know, you can let that source of light know what's going on for you and what you need some help with and just take a moment to check in and then when you're ready you can ask for that support from that heavenly source of wisdom and light and again you can breathe it down to you so what you're going to do is you're just going to breathe that light and that energy down and as you exhale, you're going to breathe it down through your body and send it all the way down your roots until it's going to the very heart of the earth. And so once your awareness is back down in the earth, we're going to inhale the energy of the earth up through us and exhale it to the sky. And then we're going to inhale the energy of the sky, that divine light, and breathe it in. And we're going to exhale it back down to the earth. We're going to do this one more time, breathing the energy of the earth up. And exhaling into the sky. Breathing the energy of the sky down. And exhaling it to the earth. And now at this point, you probably should be feeling pretty full of light and full of some energy. And so what you can do is you can use your breath now to just really be aware that you are like a figure eight of connection to the earth and the sky. And you are the center point. You are this unflappable ball of light that is in the center between the earth and the sky. 
And just imagining yourself as the center point with this circuit of light and energy moving through you. You can just breathe in as you inhale, just taking the energy from both sources, from above and below into your body. And now instead of sending the energy down or up, what we're going to do is we're going to send it, we're going to exhale and breathe it around us. So kind of like you are making cotton candy, if you've ever seen somebody doing that or like spinning a cocoon around something, what you're doing is you're just breathing the energy in. And then as you breathe out, you're going to send a ball of light and safety and protection all around you. So breathing in the energy of the earth and sky. And then as you exhale, breathing a ball of light around you. One more time, just breathing that energy in. And then exhaling that ball of light all around you. So it's kind of like you are a seed of light. And now you have that strong outer shell that is protecting you. And so your roots are going way down into the earth so that you are strong and grounded and solid. And you also have this protective filter of light up around you. And so as you start to maybe extend your awareness out into the world and you're aware that there are things going on, you can feel yourself as like this solid core in the center of all of it with everything instead of it coming in it's coming around you so it's like imagining that you are now not only like a seed of light but you're like a rock of light a rock of light that is inside of a stream and in the same way that like the water does not penetrate the rock the water goes around the rock what we are doing is we are aware that our roots go really far down and the wind and the rain and the waves of all of the stuff that is going on in the world around us it moves around us instead of coming into us so how does that feel better yeah because the thing is there is stuff going on in the world right now that is gonna have to ride itself out like in the same way that if you were in the same way if you were dealing with or that you were around like you know i mean you were around your mom laboring with your baby sister and you kind of know that it's really really uncomfortable but it's also just kind of a natural thing. Like there isn't a whole lot you can do about it other than just be like, let's just keep breathing. Let's just keep going. And right now, there is a lot of stuff like that that is going on on the planet where it's uncomfortable, but it is what it is. And the way through is for us to be like, just we can wobble but our roots are so solid in the ground that we're not going to fall down. Yeah. Yeah. 
And some of it is, but it starts with that awareness of like, oh, I've taken something on from the world around me. I'm going to send my roots down and I'm just going to, I'm going to exhale it out of me. Like, oops, whatever I picked up, I'm just going to breathe in my own light and my own connection. And I'm just going to exhale the worries of the world so that we can just let that go. And that can be really, really helpful too, if we notice that we've taken it on. Now, the other thing is our stuff that we talked about before a little bit, like the things that we're worried about. And of course, as you might imagine, the thing that I really like to do for that is some tapping. And I find it to be really, really helpful when there's just like so much stuff that I got to deal with. And what I really like to do is do some tapping for all the things. And like it's so I call it the all the things tapping. Would that be something you'd be comfortable doing? Would you be okay with that? Or are you like not that big a fan of tapping? I really haven't done much tapping. So Would you like to try? Yeah. Awesome. I love yeah. my mom, but I haven't actually done much. Yeah. Great. So if you were, so you said beforehand that you were experiencing a fair bit of distress right now because you got a list of like, you got a laundry list of all the things. So instead of, we're not going to go into any of the details about it, but if you were to imagine your list of all the things on a level, like on a scale of zero to 10, and let me know if the zero to 10 doesn't work for you and we'll find a better way to describe it. But if you were to imagine like with zero being, you have no feelings about it whatsoever, you're totally chill. And 10 is, it is the worst thing you have ever, it's the most intense, worst, like, like it's, it's never been like this before. Where would you rate it between zero and 10? Sort of that, the feelings about all the things. Six. A six. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's big enough. Because the thing about our, the way that our brain works, and this is something I've really started to appreciate more and more, is that our brain has three parts. There's three parts. There's our, what's called the, like the limb, there's like the brain stem, which correlates to our primitive, like lizard brain. It's like the instinctual part of us that like, it's the part of us that if we were to go over towards a hot stove and we like, and our hand happens to accidentally touch like the flame or like the burner, we immediately pull back our hand. Like we don't think about it. It's not like, oh my goodness, I just touched a hot stove. I need to move my hand now. It's like we immediately just instinctively pull our hand away. And this part of us is in charge of keeping us safe. It's in charge of controlling our, like all of our autonomic nervous, you know, like all of our automatic stuff, like the stuff like breathing, heartbeat, keeping our digestive, our digestive system working. And this part is in charge of keeping us like out of harm, like out of harm's way. So this is the first part of our brain. The second part of our brain is like the emotional part of our brain. And this part of our brain is known. So the first part is our brain stem. And actually, if you want to um, play with me, like let's hold our hand up. So this is so if you hold your wrist, like this is the first part is the brain stem. And then the second part is what's called our limbic brain. And our limbic brain, take your thumb and kind of put it against your palm. Your thumb is this piece of the limbic brain. 
And the limbic brain is all about our feelings. It's emotions, it's intuition, it's dreams. It's the part of us that reacts to things. And it gets feelings about stuff, but it doesn't necessarily have conscious or rational thought. But this part, the thumb, is this piece of our limbic brain that's called the amygdala. And the amygdala is in control of when, of our fight or flight. It controls basically our fear and our aggression. So it kind of controls being scared and it controls being angry. And it's basically designed to get us out of harm's way. Some of us, when we're in trouble, are going to respond with like by fleeing or fighting um, or f by running away. And some of us respond by like dukes up and going in and ready to take on a battle. And if you think about, um, I can think of at least one sister in your family who's the fighter and then some others who are more in the flea category. But so, and some of us like, we'll do both. But what happens is once that amygdala has been hijacked and it's running and it's in charge of like, how are we going to deal with it? We don't get to make good choices anymore because this part, now we're going to bend our hand over our thumb. This part that covers over the whole brain, this is called the frontal cortex. And the frontal cortex is the part of us that is capable of thinking. It's the part of us that actually has rational, reasonable thoughts and can respond to a situation as opposed to react to a situation. So here's the thing. Whenever we are, if on a scale of zero to 10, if we are in, you know, like in order for this part of our brain, the frontal cortex to work, we need to be calm enough for it to work. And that needs to be between like a zero and a three. Once things start to get heated up and really intense for us, what happens is we literally blow our lid, like we blow our top. And then all of a sudden we are in like a four, we could be like in a, like a, a three and a half to a seven where we're all emotional, we're reacting, we're moody, we're blue, we're feeling intense. We can't really make sense of all of it. But we were probably going to do, we're going to act out like we're more likely to like react. And I'm sure you've probably had an experience where it's like, there's a part of you that's witnessing yourself doing something like your sister says something or does something that just annoys the, for lack of a better word, crap out of you. And you are like, there's a part of you that's like, I don't want to be reacting to this. But then you're like, but, but there's another part of you that's just like, I am going to kill you. And like, and that part takes over. So that's the part that when we're in like a four to a seven or a three and a half to a seven, our amygdala is activated. Our emotional brain is going. We don't have any access to our rational thought or like, my, that was really interesting that you said that to me. I'm curious what's really going on for you. Like, we don't have that ability. You know, we just are like, I am going to kill you. And so, but once we get to a place where we're past like a seven of distress, then we go, we fall sort of, we slide, it's kind of like all the goo kind of slides down out of the limbic system and goes right into the brainstem. And we go into what is called flop or freeze. And if you've ever been around animals where they cannot get out of harm's way and they freeze like they play dead, you know, you've heard of called playing possum or like rabbits will freeze or mice will like you've seen. I'm sure you've seen when an animal is like backed into a corner and all they can do is just shut down. Well, that happens with us, too. 
And so once we get to a point where we are shut down, then it's like we don't have any energy to do anything. So what I'm hearing you described earlier actually fits with what we're talking about in that you, you know, you pick something up that's coming in from the world. Then you're sort of in the limbic state and you start to feel sad and blue and weird. And then at a certain point, it gets so overwhelming that even that starts to shut down and you just go into like, you have no energy left. Like you go into what's called flopper freeze. So the reason I shared this whole thing with you is because if you're at a six with all the things right now, it's completely understandable that it's going to be really hard to do much of anything And you absolutely are not going to be able to reason your way out of this or like write a list and figure out how to make make your way through it. Because you're really like you're emotionally activated about all the stuff that is going on. So it's almost like if you thought about the brain in terms of the three parts, the front part is like the mental part. The middle part is like the emotional part. And then the brainstem or the back part is basically our physical part. And the thing is that the way it works is that the physical is always online. If it wasn't, we'd be dead. The emotional is most of the time online. But the thinking part, that's only online when we're calm. And that's one of the reasons why right now our world is actually going through so much of the stuff that's going on is that so many people are distressed and so many people are freaked out and scared that they're not functioning rationally anymore. They're reacting to everything right now. So as an empath and as a highly sensitive person, one of the absolute best things that you and I can do is that we can calm our nervous system down And we can get back our brain back online so that we can make choices that allow us to function, to respond instead of react. So does that make sense? I just gave you this big, big nugget of lecture about all of this. But this stuff is like, I just nerd out about it because I think it's so fascinating. Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. So with your all the things being at about a six. Now, is all the things a good description for you? Does that work for you? Or is there a better, you know, I think more things work. Excellent. Great. So what we're going to do is we're going to just tap with we're going to start by tapping on the side of the hand. And we're going to just acknowledge all the things by basically saying, even though I'm dealing with all the things. And then what we're going to do is we're going to use what's called a balance statement which could be something like a positive statement that you buy into. So one of the ones I like to use a lot is I'm open to the possibility that this could shift or I'm open to the possibility that this could be surprisingly easy. Or sometimes people will say, it is what it is, or I'm just tapping on it. Can you, out of those, or is there anything that you would use as a balance statement? I am open to the possibility this could actually be easier than I think. Great. So even though, even though I am dealing with all the things, I am dealing with all the things. I'm open to the possibility that this could actually be easier. I'm open to the possibility that this could actually be easier. So even though, 
even though I am dealing with all the things. I am dealing with all the things. I am open to the possibility. I am open to the possibility that this could actually be easier. This could actually be easier. So even though it's just true. But even though it's just true. I'm dealing with all the things. I'm dealing with all the things. And it's had me feeling stressed out. And it's had me feeling stressed out. I'm open to the possibility. I'm open to the possibility. That this can actually be easier. That this could actually be easier. So now we're going to tap on the top of the head and we're just going to say all the things. All the things. Now we're going to tap on the eyebrow points, kind of right at the bridge of your nose and where your eyebrows start. All the things. All the things. Now we're going to tap on the side of the eyes, like right on the sides, like right where the, you know, sort of past your eye socket. All the things. All the things. Now we're going to tap under the eye, on the eye socket again, right to below your pupils. All the things. All the things. Now we're going to tap under the nose. All the things. All the things. Under the lip. All the things. All the things. Collarbone. All the things. All the things. Under the arm. All the things. All the things. Top of the head. All the things. All the things. And now let's just put our hands over our heart and take in a deep breath. Now, when we started, you were saying that all the things felt like a six. What do you imagine it is now? Three. Wow. So just one round of tapping, and we, we, we took it down by half. So, and did you notice anything as we did that first round of tapping? It felt less like a rock and more manageable. I'm hoping. More manageable? Yeah. How about, so what do you say, even though all the things is still a three, even though all the things are still okay. Because I'm dealing with a lot. Because I'm dealing with a lot. It feels less like a rock. It feels less like a rock. And more manageable. And more manageable. And I'm open to the possibility. And I'm open to the possibility. That this can actually be, how about, surprisingly easy. This can actually be surprisingly easy. So even though. Even though. I all the things I'm dealing with is still a three. All the things I'm dealing with is still a three. But it's less like a rock. And it's less like a rock. And more manageable. And more manageable. And I'm open to the possibility. And I'm open to the possibility. That this can actually be surprisingly easier. This can actually be surprisingly easier. And I'm okay. And I'm okay. And I am safe right here, right now. And I am safe right here, right now. So even though... So even though I'm still dealing with all the things, I'm still dealing with all the things, but it feels less like a rock, but it feels less like a rock and more manageable and more manageable. And I am open to the possibility and I am open to the possibility that this can actually be surprisingly easy. This can actually be surprisingly easy. And I'm okay. And I'm okay. I am safe. I am safe right here, right now right here right now my roots go down into the heart of the earth my roots go down into the heart of the earth 
and whatever and 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 whatever swirls around me and whatever swirls around me it just swirls around me and keeps on moving it just swirls around me and keeps on it and i am okay and i am okay top of the head dealing with all the things dealing with all the things eyebrows dealing with all the things dealing with all the things side of the eyes dealing with all the things dealing with all the under the eyes, dealing with all the things. Dealing with all the things. Under the nose, dealing with all the things. Dealing with all the things. Under the lip, all those things. 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 Let's take another deep breath. Okay, so all the things was a six, then it was a three last time. What do you think it is now? One and a half. Excellent. What makes it still a one and a half? Because it's still there if you want to go back and look at it. Okay. Um, and is there anything that you realize that you could do differently with it? Not really. Okay. So you just kind of need to tackle it one, like, how would, what would you say now that you sort of tapped out the intensity on it? So that your your brain is back online for it. Was there any realization about how you might want to approach it or anything you discovered? Not really. That I just need to do it and stop worrying about it because that helps you. Okay. So how about, does this fit? Even though I've been worrying about doing all the things. Even though I've been worrying about doing all the things. I realize I just need to do it. Realize I just need to do it. And I'm open to the possibility. And I'm open to the possibility. That this could be surprisingly easier than I expect. This could be surprisingly easier than I expect. Just tackle one thing at a time. Just tackle one thing at a time. And I'll get it done. And I'll get it done. So even though. So even though. All the things are still a one and a half. All the things are still a one and a half. Because I could go back to that list. I can go back to that list. And I, what is it? I worry about doing all the things or I've been worrying about doing all the things. I worry about doing all the things. Is it, what is it with, I worry about doing all the things? Is it, I'm afraid I'm not going to do them right? Yeah, that, and I'm um, not sure if I'm going to actually get them done. And I'm not sure I'm actually going to get them done in time. And I'm not sure I'm actually going to get them done in time. Is that what it is? That it's like you've got a deadline? Yeah. And I feel the deadline. I feel the deadline. So I'm just acknowledging it. So I'm just acknowledging it. Just tapping on it. Just tapping on it. And how would this land? And I give myself permission. And I give myself permission. To do the best I can. To do the best I can. And to move at the pace I can move at. And to move at the pace I can move. I'll get what I get done. Or like, a, I'll, I'll, I'll get the stuff done that I get done. How's that? Get the stuff done that I get done. And I'm open to the possibility. And I'm open to the possibility. That this could be surprisingly easier than I expect. That this could be surprisingly easier than I expect. So even though. So even though. There's some, I feel a little bit of worry about doing all the things. 
I feel a little bit of worry about doing all the things. Because I could always go back to the list. I could always go back to the list. And there's a part of me that's afraid I won't get them all done. And there's a part of me that's afraid I won't get it all done. So I'm just acknowledging it. So I'm just acknowledging it. Open to the possibility that this could be surprisingly easier than I expect. Open to the possibility that this could be surprisingly easier than I expect. And that it's, I can give myself permission to do the best I can. And I can give myself permission to do the best I can. And that I can give myself permission to move at the pace that works for me. And that I can give myself permission to move at the pace that works for me. That maybe I get, how is it? Like I get the things done that I get done. Get the things done that I get done. And maybe I can just keep on working on the rest one little bit at a time. Maybe I can just keep working on the rest a little bit at a time. And I'm okay. And I'm okay. I'm safe. I'm safe. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. And does this, and, and I am doing the best I can. And I am doing the best I can. And that's good enough. And that's good enough. I am enough. I do enough. I do enough. And I have enough. And I have enough. Top of the head, all the things. 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 Under the eyes, all the things. All the things. Under the nose, all the things. All the things. Under the lip, all the things. Um, Collarbone, all the things. things. Under the arm, all the things. things. Top of the head, all the things. All the things. Take a deep breath. So we did a little bit. We we talked about, so zero to ten at this point in time, all the things started at a six, then it was a three, and then it was a one and a half. What do you think it is now? About a half. Amazing. What about the feeling of worry? It's still there, but it's not here. Excellent. Excellent. And so when you think about, and so right now, as you think about kind of that feeling of like where we started the conversation about not having any energy and sort of feeling really blue, how are you feeling right now? Fine. Fine? Awesome. So talk to me. Do you have any other like thoughts or questions or, I mean, I just led you through a real exercise. I was wondering if all babies are empaths to begin with, because baby birds, when they first hatch, totally react to the emotions that you have with them. And I was wondering if that's just a thing, a universal thing or just a baby bird thing. That's such a good question. I would imagine that, you know, I mean, there's this thing called mirror neurons in human brains. And what they, what's believed is that empaths have more of them than ordinary people do. But all of us have them. And mirror neurons are basically where it's like, I see you going through something and I mimic and I experience it. And so I think that if you think about how as human beings or as, ma- as creature living beings, 
we mimic things first in order to learn how to do stuff. So I think that you that that it's very likely that babies are much more receptive to picking up on and seeing and responding to the energy that is going on around them than as we start developing sort of more kind of like distance and filters and shields and also sort of start recognizing separation. Because like babies, there's no separation between self and mom. You're just kind of in it. And I mean, actually, in your experience, even with your baby sister, thinking about like what she was like as an infant and thinking about what is she like now as like a toddler, like, do you see like, what do you think about that? Like, what would your answer to that question be? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think in many ways there are just like you can have somebody who's naturally talented as a dancer or somebody who's naturally talented as a visual artist or naturally talented as a musician or a writer or naturally talented in sports, that you've got people who are naturally gifted with math. Like you've got people who have certain traits and they are sort of go in that direction. So I do think that there are people who are more empathically sensitive than other people are. And that there are some of us who are born with like more mirror neurons than other people. But I also think that we are socialized away from this sensitivity as a society. And some of us do better at being socialized away from it. And some of us do lousy at being socialized away from it. I certainly did not socialize away from the sensitivity. And knowing you, you guys, you and your sisters and your mom and dad, I don't think you guys are a family that were socialized away from it either. Like you guys still feel a lot. So how does that sound for an answer? Yep, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts or questions? Not right now. Awesome. Laurel, I thank you so much for being on the show and for doing, joining me and just having this amazing conversation. And letting me nerd out about brain, you know, neuroscience and brain, how brains work and stuff. It was an awesome conversation. You're welcome. I actually found that bit interesting. As we come to the end of this episode, I'd love to hear what you're taking from this show. Please jump over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com to leave your comments. In the show notes, you'll find a link to grab your copy of My Empathic Safety Guide, three basics for finding calm in the eye of the storm. And while you're there, please subscribe and follow this show. And thank you for your help sharing this show with the people who need it. Please help me to spread the word and send this podcast to friends or family members who need support living as highly sensitive empathic people. Then join me again when the next Empathic Mastery Show airs. Okay, one last time. Hop over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com for your empathic safety guide. And until next show, shine on. We need you and your gifts here on this planet. So please don't judge your empathic rainbow by colorblind standards.